welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the issues that weigh on our minds. I'm Michael, I'm a chubby chaser, and I am the shy one. And to my left is... <laughs> I am Don. I am fat. I am gay. I am also uh, a writer and producer here in Hollywood. And I am the jolly one. <laughs> I'm Dan, and uh, I'm an author and public speaker. I talk about issues that intersect with fatness and sexuality. I'm the thinky one. <laughs> I'm Trevor and I'm the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first thing that happened this week and Trevor, you had sent me this in a tweet uh, and I, I have to admit, I, I refused to actually watch it, but um, it's been weighing on my mind for sure. Uh, the trailer for TLC's new show, Hot and Heavy, uh, dropped and uh, we all took a watch. Who wants to crack that nut open? So Hot and Heavy is a new show from TLC about... Um, Fet women who are in relationships with uh, hot male chubby chasers. Um, so I saw it, and immediately it was like, I actually, I my my tweet that about it was the uh, the monkey paw from The Simpsons curling in, because <laughs> um, it's I always want to see more representation of like, oh, like this is kind of what my life is like, but it's I don't know, it just it didn't feel quite right i'm not sure it can i mean you're dealing in taboo you're dealing in reality show yeah but i mean that's never going to feel right i and mean the, my, sh the show is always going to be by definition about the things that set your relationship apart from everyone else's yeah. maybe yeah. that's what bothers me because I, I always come to you know when you see a new reality show and they've got the you know this has happened before this is not the first time this has happened um and and it's always about drawing the differences i mean because it wouldn't be an interesting show if it weren't yeah no one's but gonna watch a show about how your relationship is the same as mine. as everybody else's yeah, yeah sure yeah. but it, it immediately puts this giant spotlight on you and it can be kind of confronting and especially given that's a reality show and it's about the drama and and all of that which that that to me actually i wanted to ask you this dan mm. so they're they made the show right and maybe it's going to be better than previous iterations. I'm not convinced that it will be, but is that, is it a good thing generally to have, to see more representation like Trevor was saying, but have it be through the media of a reality show? Well, and it's a good question because, you know, the, in the reality shows that I've done, I did, you know, the MTV true life, mm. happy to be fat. And we got a lot of positive responses from people who like, Oh my God, I never know this was possible. I never know there were, you know, fit guys who were into fat people. I never knew that it, we've got this one piece of mail from this, this guy in Texas and he was like 19 and he's like, I'm fat. I'm gay. I live in the wilds of Texas. I thought my life was over. He's, yeah. He says, I just had, I just didn't realize this was even possible for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important. On the other hand, part of what a lot of shows do, and this is not necessarily reality shows. It can be well, I guess you call them pseudo documentaries. The British are famous for this, where they actually go out and see where can we show people like circus freaks. Right. And, you know, I've seen British documentaries go to the extent of like ha filming fat people and then putting circus music under it, okay. like just to showcase in case you didn't get that. We think they're freaks. We want you to we want everybody to know that. Really? And they're that's their purpose, because they know that will sell something. My friend Jessica brought up that I think is really interesting is it's you know in these shows it's always thin men and it's always fat women and almost always white mm -hmm. and there's a whole lot of chubby chasers who are female 
and there's a whole lot of chubby chasers who are trans and it is not restricted to that i get that straight and white is supposedly the most accessible but you know it depends what the producer is going after i mean one of my biggest problems with it is so okay i get the pun hot and heavy but like the way the trailer set up it's mm-hmm. you know these the, people the are heavy, hot. the heavy is the women and it's like oh i could never have love oh but then i got a hot guy and it's right like it it is in no way saying that these women are hot too it could be i mean it, it, it's not not saying that like when i heard hot and heavy of course i assumed the women were hot and heavy like as a chubby chaser what else am i going to think yeah, but that's, that's your default <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and i don't know it's just that it doesn't exclude that meeting or promote a different one i will say i i, I kind of i thought about it from the same way as trevor even though maybe my propensity would be to to go dance direction but when you see the intro of the trailer it literally starts with her saying i'd never thought i'd find love and then i found this guy and they have him like shirtless and she's got her hands all over him like look how hot he is um and it really seems like it was drawing a clear difference like she's fat she's the fat one he's the hot one which is certainly not how i see it um but if you reverse that it would be just as indictable it would be like oh this hot guy is all over this fat woman and fetishizing her like that it is an unwinnable visual yeah because somebody's going half your audience is always going to find it offensive well i think that's exactly that actually goes exactly back to why i brought up the sort of the medium the reality show because i i think it's all going to be uh dramatized it's all going to be okay well let's show her fetishizing him which i think is like you said just as problematic so it is this a good thing to have i feel like uh representation at all you know it, it lays a foundation for other things that may follow mm-hmm. you know and so like 20 years ago i can't tell you seeing these women out in public with their husbands that are being affectionate to them and kind to them right that was not a representation you saw 20 years ago or 10 years ago you know and that that reflected my life too i would go out with these guys who would either be like let's stay in mm-hmm. again or let's you know well we'll go somewhere but you know don't don't touch me while we're out right that sort of thing um and i would like to see that shows like this start cracking the ice for people to actually start going out and being physically demonstrative even if it's not originally showing up in the kindest context you know, it, it, it's a foundation. It, it can go both ways. Like as, as Michael said, you know, and as, as we know from the internet, don't read the comments. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are people who are already mad at the show for just showing fat people as human beings. I mean, oh, how, yeah. dare, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> so it begs the question, let's say that a closeted chubby chaser sees the show mm-hmm. and your hope is that this person will say oh okay there's it's it's not just me i'm not just alone this can be something that's not just horrible and shame-filled until you start reading the comments which then start reflecting everything that guy or that woman is afraid of right yeah well i mean the the show does showcase that end of it in real life with the you know the both the the fat women and the male chubby chasers dealing with their family and their friends and absolutely because it's reality tv some of all of the interactions, including um, one of the women confronts a high school bully, just feels really forced, staged, which is part of why it made me feel uncomfortable because it doesn't feel like there's so much about the show that doesn't feel often authentic. Yeah, it really doesn't. It, I mean, it's something. It's <laughs> well, that's it, what Don was saying. Yeah, like it's better than nothing, but it just the I don't fact know, that the title, like I'm going back to the title, it can be interpreted a number of different ways. Dan's way, Trevor's way. 
But like I, again, I feel like if this was made twenty years ago, the title of the show would have been Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Mm. That's fair, you know. Mm. And yeah. ultimately, all we have right now is a trailer. So I'm very curious to see what the actual show ends up. Yeah. Being. Well, and something that has to happen, and I think it's a series, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're following several couples, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is the icky truth about any any show, any reality TV show has to go like this. If you have a good relationship in the show, they cannot stay that way. The producers will not allow it. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a character arc where everything stays happy. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm, what I'm curious about is how, and maybe they said this in the trailer, but I don't remember it, but how new are these couples? Like how long have they known each other? We don't know yet. Because um, yeah. I think that also makes a big difference. I mean, if you, and maybe they've picked a, a variety of different couples, um, I think one of them, the guy was going to propose to her, right? He, he was talking yeah. about, so they've probably been together a year or two at least, but that I, th- I could see also being another pressure cooker of look at this new relationship. Will it last? You know, will it, will it survive the, uh, the gauntlet of abuse that we're going to put them through? Yeah. So when we looked up the trailer, uh, I noticed that there were a lot of other promos for other shows on the learning channel, specifically dealing with, uh, obesity as a concept. So like, what was it? My 600 pound life was one. And right. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my Pilates instructor has previously referenced that as like, Oh, I, I, it's great to see that those people can have someone who really just loves them. So like, I mean, that's why I guess I'm grateful for hot and heavy. Cause it's like, okay, well there's something other than my 600 pound life that people can reference in relation to but, but I, people? I, I'm fami- I am unfamiliar with that show. Yeah, I was going to say generally positive or what is the what is the show? I, I'm- my 600 pound life. It is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I will hand this to Dan. <laughs> um, the premise of the show is that you find someone who is massively, massively fat, 600 pounds or more, and you get them on the show and first showcase how terrible their life is and the squalor they live in. And you dangle the prospect of weight loss surgery. And the show is about how they go through this process of being in a terrible condition, have magical weight loss surgery, and come out wonderful the other end. Now, of course, not every story is like that, but that's okay because you can have unhappy endings. You can have tragic endings. You can have, and there have been episodes that, you know, the epilogue is, oh, by the way, they died. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. But of course, it's never the show's fault. It's always the fat person's fault. I mean, that's endemic to all fat oppression is that it's always the fat person's fault. Is squalor a necessary part of it? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, absolutely. And and the turmoil it causes for the family or their partner. They're not featuring rich people who go to weight loss spas. Uh, Right? That's mm -hmm. not what it's about. And it's almost always the same doctor. Wait, is this the doctor that invented the tongue patch? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, he... I, I think he specializes. Okay, so that that's their biggest weight show, so to speak. Uh, I mean, there's also My Big Fat Fabulous Life, which I don't know if it's still in production. Was that a more positive view? or uh, It was, but it was, I mean, I feel like it was the thing where it's like a woman who was fat and happy, but it's like, but is she really? It was all about her oh. being positive, but then kind of like but she can't actually be fat and happy. But I just wanted to bring up these earlier shows because I think you can see a foundation there for how to, what to expect from the next one of this hot and heavy show. Yeah. There's where, actually um, going to be another show um, that we heard about at the NAFA conference over the summer. I believe it's just called fat girls. 
a friend of ours, Jamie, very, very large woman, and found that there were no uh, salons that could do her hair, do her nails, do her toenails. So she decided she'd make one. And very entrepreneurial. She saved up money and she invested in chairs, you know, that would hold someone six, seven, eight hundred pounds. She invested, she trained her staff to like, no, that, that person's not going to lift their leg up to your chest. That, that leg's staying on the floor. And how are you going to accommodate that customer? And the way Jamie says it is, I designed a spa to treat customers the way I wanted to be treated. Do you know what network that's going to be with? Or I wanted to say TLC just because there's, an, I mean, they're the, the big game in uh, Fat People TV. Yeah. As we talk about all of these different shows, and of course, they're going to focus on the drama, drama, drama. Um, it's hard to ignore the fact that that is actually something people deal with a lot. I mean, there is going to be tension, um, especially when you go home for the holidays um, to see your family again. That's already kind of a heightened situation. Um, and I know that, Trevor, you had a story that you wanted to relate as far as like just having to deal with uh, people seeing you again for the first time and maybe you've gained weight. And there's always something new to have to put up with when it comes to seeing your family again for the first time in a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point through kind of know, training and just everyone acclimating, my family is very good with dealing with me and my weight, but there was a long period of, you know, I, I moved across the country and I wasn't seeing my family as much. And it was this very uncomfortable thing that even Dan would kind of have to deal with my mom saying like, oh, well, I mean, Trevor's, Trevor's put on some weight, but he's. He seems really happy. So I don't. He, he, she actually came to me. Trevor was like getting dressed, and she comes to me in the kitchen, and she's like, "You know, I, I just I want to say something about Trevor's weight, but I don't want to give him a complex because he just seems so happy." And you know, I just tried to move it over to, "Well, you know, he's he's getting a lot of exercise. He does seem really happy. I think he's doing great." And then there was an article uh, in the was it the Huffington Post Queer Voices? Oh, when when the article about me came out, yeah, yeah, and it was an article. Uh, Dan kind of talking about the whole round world and um, our friend Leon had a, a show old dogs and tricks, which was featuring a kind of a chub chaser plot line. And I mean, she didn't read the article. She just kind of read some stuff and it activated all this stuff that was brewing inside of her. And then at the bottom of the article, there was a picture of the two of us from my sister's wedding and I'd gained weight since then. And she just kind of blew up. Um, how did that start? I mean, you, when you say blew up, was there yelling involved? I mean, what, I mean, it was just this, like, it was a, a, a spiraling rant about how much weight I've gained and how, you know, well, when she saw me at the wedding, she was uncomfortable with my weight then, but now I see it as a compromise. It's something you could work towards like, work because back, I know you're back. happy. Yeah. Like work back. Like, so, so go back to that because I mean, I was uncomfortable, but it's ex more acceptable than where you are now. Jeez. Um, well, and, the, and, and did she ever once ask you how you felt about it? Oh, no. this, I mean, obviously she's, she's projecting. <laughs> most, yeah. most people just assume that fat people are miserable and their opinion is not actually not legitimate. Like if you're fat and you're happy, well, you're just wrong. Right. How could you be? So Dan, you do a lot of coaching, uh, as, as regards issues like this. Is there, is there a specific tip that somebody should keep in mind if they, if for instance, their mother finally, you know, blows up and, and, and spews everything that she's been holding on to for years. Yeah, and it's really thorny because, especially when it's family, you know, if it's, if it's some Yahoo on the street, that's one thing. But when it's family and it's been going on probably since childhood, like, you know, this is not the first time 
your parents have had an opinion about your weight yeah. or your sisters had an opinion about your weight or whomever it is. So there's a, the first thing I, I generally try to get to people is although there's a huge prejudice against fat people and there's a lot of oppression, they really think they're doing this for your good. And so a good place to start is just saying like, I know you, I know these are your intentions, but this is not a topic for debate. Mm. My body is not a topic for debate. My body, you don't get a vote on my body. Mm -hmm. And so I coach people to disengage like because if you fight about it it'll just become the same fight you've always had about it whatever that looks like it's going to happen again right the only way through this is to disengage you can't play the game anymore and there are various techniques for that you can say just very calmly like we're not going to discuss this like you don't get a vote and then it can escalate to the point of like if they won't take that for an answer sometimes you have to leave the room or sometimes you have to leave the house. But what Trevor was referring to as training is training them that this is actually not an acceptable conversation to have with you. And all of what Dan said is basically kind of what happened with my mom. Like there was the first blow up phone call where she was just, I mean, fran like it was frantic. It was nonsensical. And also something that compounded that was like, she knows Dan's a chaser. So it was this like, is, are you staying fat for him? Is he keeping you fat? Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, kind of had to step back and that conversation ended and I kind of, I had to work through like, okay, how am I going to talk to her about this? And I basically said all the things Dan said, you know, I'm like, I know you're my mom. Mm -hmm. It's your job to worry about me, but you also know how stubborn I am. And like that, this isn't Dan thing. Like, you know how hard it is to get me to do something I don't want to do. Like if I want to lose weight, it'll be my choice, but I am very happy with how I am. Mm -hmm. And I know like, I, I love you and I know you're going to worry, but you just kind of have to accept this. Um, and she's been really great. I mean, my family doesn't say anything about my weight now, which is almost just bizarre. <laughs> um, no, it's really weird. Cause they will make fun of other people's weight uh, in front of him, but never, but, but like never talk to Trevor. What is that? Just and as a side note, like everyone always feels they need to confess weight issues to me or like make, you know, well, talk about other people's weight. You're to a me. safe like, space. What the hell? Uh, because you'll understand, Don. You know what it's like. God damn it. Exactly. I almost feel like it's that thing of maybe we talked about this already, but if you're friends with somebody who's fat, uh, and and you're you're trying to be tactful, you're trying to be nice, uh, you you have this way of not even just not even seeing you as fat. Mm -hmm. So like you, you could talk about fat people, but oh but you're not mm -hmm. fat. Like you I don't see well, you I couldn't see you that way. That's because the word fat doesn't just mean fat. That's why we avoid it. That's right. why we have euphemisms like mm -hmm. heavy. Right. Or husky or husky yeah, or, or big or fluffy or whatever it is, because the word fat is literally unspeakable. It's that bad. So what the word fat really means to most people, unfortunately, and we're, you know, we're, cla we're reclaiming it. But the word fat means to most people just disgusting. Mm -hmm. And if your friend so your friend isn't disgusting, therefore, they're not fat. But that other person mm -hmm. that I saw, but that mm -hmm. other person I saw on television on my 600 pound life that I saw on hot and heavy that I saw in the grocery store with a cart. Oh yeah, they're fat. They're disgusting. Have you ever have you ever had this happen to you, Don or Trevor, where you say, "Yeah, it's because I'm, you know, like blah 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 blah. I'm fat," and they go, oh, "Don't say that about yourself. You're not fat. You're beautiful." <laughs> yeah, I will say that that has stopped for me over the past ten years or so. Like people, yeah, people used to do that constantly, mm -hmm. but like lately, people seem to be more accepting on uh, like I am who I present myself as, mm -hmm. and and they're going along with it now. Yeah. But do you think that's attributable to your own change in attitude 
or do you think that's more of a social consciousness thing? I think that's part of it. Like okay. over the past 10 years, I've, I ended up doing some work on myself, uh, that involved a lot more. Yeah. A lot, a lot more just sort of accepting, accepting my flaws and then starting to use some of my flaws as straight up personality traits. <laughs> I am arrogant. I'm aware of this fact. I work <laughs> with it. It's fine. Well, and apropos of that, I was, I was leading a seminar to the parents and advocates. So this could be school teachers, counselors, parents of LGBTQ youth. And the title of it was fat and happy, raising happy kids at any size. I had a woman, she talked about how she had uh, a couple of, uh, young sons, like middle school age. Okay. And one of them came home and you know, he's chubby and he, and he, and he got made fun of for being fat for the first time. And he said, mom, am I fat? And she said, no, you are not fat. You are beautiful. Mm. And all I said was, did you hear what you just said? And I suggested that she replace it. I said, what if you just said, yes, you're fat and beautiful. Just change it to and just make it inclusive. Mm -hmm. And if you can claim that, that is a huge difference for that kid, that you're fat and you're beautiful. And you may not stay fat. You may stay fat. I don't know. That's not the point. You're fat and you're beautiful. So let's go back to our, our main topic of family again. And one of the things you brought up earlier was sort of the, uh, the explosion mm -hmm. dealing with that sudden wash of whatever coming at you from that source. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the opposite side of that. Um, my experience tends to be not just with family, but with neighbors, right? Uh, not so much an explosion as so much as a Chinese water torture, mm. the endless drips, <laughs> drip, drip, drip. Like, you know, when I get together with my mom, I make a little game of for myself, like, how many sentences in before she comments on my weight, mm -hmm. right? It's usually two. Sometimes she can hold herself back and wait until about four sentences. Um, I find I deal better with the, the one sort of shotgun to the face than I do with the constant BBs being thrown at mm -hmm. me. That's the thing that wears me down. So any tips on how to survive that the drizzle? I think you have to decide what battles you're going to pick. I think it depends on like your personal experience with your family. Uh, I saw this really great thing on Instagram that I was, uh, I've been trying to find again to share, but it was basically tips for surviving Thanksgiving, you know, comments that will come up, uh, like that, like, Oh, you look like you've lost weight or, Oh, you know, you're looking a little chubby. Maybe you shouldn't have that second piece of pie. And there was a, this woman wrote basically different answers. And there was three styles. There was nice, spice and ice so nice was just like oh you know it's the holidays we can all have another piece of pie i can't spice spice was like kind of sassy and then ice was just like i don't want your <laughs> carol <laughs> <laughs> um damn you carol you know you see your mom probably like only a couple times a year she's i mean oh no it's been a while now but <laughs> well no but <laughs> like a how, whole separate conversation oh, okay no, but it'll be like, I haven't seen her in two years or three years. Yeah. And then the second thing out of her mouth, it's like, first it's, oh, my boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're fat. <laughs> like, literally, that's how you want to greet me. Uh, Does but, she follow that up with anything? Or is it, I mean, is she just making a declarative statement or is Declarative she, statement. Like, she's just reconfirming with herself that you're fat and has to say it out loud. Because it's not a new thing, right? No, no. Oh my God, no. But yeah. it's, you know, but her, it'll be something along the lines of like, oh, you've, look how much get you, oh, look how fat you are. You know, you gained so much weight. Um, but yeah, it's like sentence number two. I mean, what I would do is just be like, yup. And just, <laughs> or, you know, you can be like, yeah, like 
And yeah. And, and like, it sounds like you have a problem with that. Yeah. The other thing you can try, and this is a bit of jujitsu, but you can say, yeah, how's your weight been? Have you been controlling your weight? (laughs) Yeah. That's like, that is the tactic I've been taking. If you, because if you, and not make a statement, just if you turn it back into question, Mm -hmm. like I've had situations where someone would say like, oh my God, you're into that. I would kill myself if I looked like that. Mm. And you're in, you're into dating those guys. And you know, I would love to blow up and, you know, slap them into next Tuesday, but that's not really particularly effective. What I have found is effective is I'd say, wow, why would you kill yourself? I mean, I get that you think that fat is unhealthy, but you're kind of short circuiting it there. If you think you're going to kill yourself and solve the problem, (laughs) what happens is you get to have a whole other conversation with this person. You'd be amazed what people will reveal. You might find you, your mother has this whole history of weight drama that you never knew about. Cause that's what I found with this guy that I'm talking about. Like he went into just how, when he was a kid, you know, he, it, all his self-worth was tied up in, you know, like, was he thin enough either with his parents or in dating and boy, did I not expect to have that conversation. See, this is a conversation that I don't feel like I will ever have the opportunity to do because people would, with, would withhold that saying that to me, but it's a conversation that I would love to hear. So let me put something to the group uh, that I've been wanting to bring up as you guys have been talking about the sort of the other other side of things or the other perspective from my point of view as a chaser. Um, and, and before I start the story, I just want to say I love my family. They've been nothing but great to me. Um, but there's always issues that crop up whether people realize it or not. When I uh, brought my, my partner at the time to meet uh, my mom uh, a few years ago, it there's a whole series of stories there, but the one that sticks in my mind, the one that I wanted to ask you guys about was uh, the first thing that came up as something fun to do together was to go on a hike. And, you know, my family is generally outdoorsy, but not, not great. Like we don't go backpacking, but like they'll, you know, we used to go stay in a cabin, you know, when we were kids and uh, hike and do stuff like that. And that's so it, it's not outside the realm. It's not like they chose something so specific that that he wouldn't be able to do it but it was something that they clearly didn't even consider would be you know at best uncomfortable and at worst undoable um and for me it just became this point of of how do i how do i navigate that i mean yeah. i can just come out and say like no we can't do that but then now i feel like i'm embarrassing my partner because i have to then say why and in his case, it might have it might have been better to just suck it up and, and get through it than to actually address the issue. And and that might not even be my, my place to come out and, and speak for him. But then if if he's not going to speak for himself, is it incumbent on me as a chaser to do it? You know, like it was just a sticky situation. And I don't feel like I handled it particularly well because we did go on the hike and he powered through and i don't think he even ultimately told me how uncomfortable it was for him but i think it was very and i certainly felt uncomfortable the whole time because i'm you know having to be i'm sort of watching where he's stepping and trying to make sure that he's not gonna get hurt tripping over roots and things because it wasn't just like a nature trail it was a hike and i would certainly welcome some advice about how to navigate situations like that from the other side of the fence Uh, um i mean i know i would like love in situations like that for someone who is not the fat person to shut it down mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't want to be the, the, the fat stick in the mud and be like, Oh, I actually really don't want to go on a hike. And I know there's been times where I've like, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to be 
the one to shut it down. And then I'm like, I wish I, I wish I'd shut it down. And, and it, it should be said that, you know, fat people come in different sizes, different abilities, lots of different, different. So it, you could be in the opposite position that you should, you know, the chaser shuts it down mm -hmm. and the, the chub is like, why did you shut that down? The hike sounded like fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, maybe not rappelling down a cliff, but you know, so you don't want to make assumptions. What, yeah. what I think might've been advantageous in that particular position is you kind of need a sidebar with your partner. And, and by the way, you know, for the chasers listening, it absolutely is your job to run interference here. It absolutely mm -hmm. is your job. Right. And you got to have the moxie to do that. You can't just shrug your shoulders and go like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. No, it's your friggin' job that you're the chaser. It's your job to run interference there mm -hmm. and not to take over, but, all, but to sort of, you know, mediate. So I would, if, if there's some way you can sort of invent a pretext for taking you and your partner to <laughs> another room and have a little talk about like, talk about that, because here's the other problem. If it's not your fam, like the Chubb isn't part of your family, the Chubb doesn't necessarily know what is this thing you call a hike? Is this like a German style hike with shoes and backpacks and, and, you know, and yeah, rope? Right. Are <laughs> pitons involved? Are, you know, <laughs> that's what I want to know. Then I think it's incumbent upon you to either back out and find something other else fun to do, maybe just with him, suggest something else for everybody, or maybe if there's a way that you can modify it. So the next question for me, because that, so that solves, you know, in the moment, if something comes up, but I think the greater conversation, this is kind of alluding to what Trevor was talking about is, Really, if you can address the overall issue ahead of time, you, you never have to worry about it. So I, I was actually waiting for this to come up because so we've talked about kind of the, the chub side, but then the chaser side is a whole other thing because it's in terms of defending my body. It's completely different than defending your desire when someone just can't comprehend it. Right. And and and. For my family, I don't think it would ever, I mean, again, I love my family and they've been very accepting on the whole, but there are always sort of inherent prejudices that unless you challenge somebody, they're never really going to just get over on their own. And so what I'm asking is, you know, given that nothing overt, like what happened with Trevor's mom has happened to me, do I just, how do I start that conversation? Like, how do I say, look, you know, this like I'm always going to be dating fat guys. So let's just talk about how to, you know, you know what I mean? Like I've, st I've kind of started that. I think you shared about it in the last podcast where you gave that anecdote about, you know, your mother just assumed that, you know, fat people are incapable of being active, being active. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think you kind of have, and I think that's the way you did it is the way you do it. You do it in the moment. Okay. You know, you don't write a letter. You don't sit him down you for a family a meeting. Declarative no, well, speech. Well, cause what are you going to say? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you, mom, about your fat phobia. <laughs> oh, that's not going to go well. No. Mm -hmm. I've gathered you all here. <laughs> <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> no, I, I think you deal with it in the moment. And quite frankly, the thing that's going to sway them the most is seeing, seeing you happy, seeing you in a relationship where, yeah, you guys do go out and do things or you don't go out and do things, but you're happy. Mm. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm brushing up against. And I, I'll, I'll I'll check back in with you guys as things go, because I feel like I'm getting to a point where I can be a little more blunt because mostly things have been getting better and better and better over the years. But but it's just I see them so infrequently that it's it's so easy to measure the successes and failures because it's just that one. And then a year goes by. Yeah. And I think you got to get the incredible background 
radiation of fat phobia that just exists. And it's not that your parents are being terrible. They're just being average. Right. And to not blame them for that because blaming isn't useful, but you know, maybe you start educating them and part of that education can just be demonstration. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is, maybe that's the best way to look at it is because I feel like my family has been very adaptable to my very different lifestyle. I mean, everyone else in my family is straight and, and lives quote unquote normal, normally in society. And I don't, uh, and that I think may be the perfect word for it. It's just education. Yeah. They, they really, I mean, it sounds like a cop out, but they don't know any different because why should they? Right. Like, you know, if you're the only gay person they know intimately, because you're their son. Mm. I mean, wh- how else would they, wh- why would, why would anyone expect them to know any, any better? Mm. And if they've never seen someone enormously fat in person and seen you interact with them, of course, they're going to have these preconceived societal notions. Of course they are. What else would they have? So Don had, uh, an interesting or maybe a couple interesting experiences um in the the grocery store that he was going to relate oh. to us um so our our bit our bit of the week is going to be called i never so uh i thought we would do a little bit i never around the supermarket or other food places uh see if this has ever happened to you i will start off with uh i never have been shopping Stopping to look at something and have someone reach into my supermarket basket, take it out and put it back on the shelf while I was looking at it. Wait, that has or has not. This happened. has happened. Yeah. I never is the drinking game. Sure. So like if that hasn't happened to us, you and me, Dan, then we have to take a shot. Oh, okay. So I'm already sloshed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had someone take it out of my cart, but I absolutely have had someone question what they thought was me looking at a pile of desserts. Mm-hmm. And as a bodybuilder, they had an opinion about whether I should be eating it. Yep. Even, even though I wasn't even considering it, I was staring into space. But they're like, don't do it, dude. It's not worth it. You look great. Don't do it. And I'm like, what? Who's talking to Which me? Which is such a <laughs> different version of the exact same syndrome. It's that yep. people in certain set, if, if your body is outside the physical norms, people think they have a right to comment. It happens to bodybuilders. It happens to pregnant mm-hmm. women. And it certainly happens to fat people. The only difference is how people relate to it positive or negative taboo or camaraderie i mean that's what changes but if you are outside the norm people have this warrant they feel to comment on you yeah i'm gonna be so drunk by the end of this (laughs) bit (laughs) (laughs) so what did you do like i'm curious in that moment what was your did you do anything were you just shocked i i unfortunately i'm not proud of the fact that i was just so shocked that i didn't know how to react until after they, they they took it out they put it on the shelf they gave me a look uh-huh. And then they walked away and I was so sort of surprised by the chain of sequence, the chain of actions that I was, I, I didn't do anything. That's just baffling. Just to have somebody be so, f- it's not, it's, it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to just ignore, almost ignore you completely and act on your behalf, like to take ownership of your life for 10 seconds and take something out of your cart. I, I wish I could say they ignored me because it, it, it was the long look afterwards of the, that's right. <laughs> Well, I just mean ignoring, ignoring any objection you might make as they reached into your bag, like yeah. literally just, well, it was, it was a trolley. It was a cart. Sure. Yeah. Whatever it was like, they felt like they had permission to take control. No, I think they felt they had a duty. This is part of concern trolling. This is part of saving the fat person 
uh, it's turning, it's, it's, it's the whole premise of, to get back to my 600 pound life is we're going to save the monster. Yeah. We're going to save Frank and we're going to save Frankenstein's monster. And either we're going to send them to a doctor to get their stomach amputated, or we're going to take the offending food out of their cart. But either way, we're going to save them. It's our job. It's our duty. Yep. Well, because they don't know better. Obviously not. They don't know they're fat. <laughs> We've only told them 10,000 times and they still are fat. Or I think Trevor probably has the one that takes the cake. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone get your shots ready. <laughs> so I was uh, at a gross. It was a date and I was a grocery store and we were getting some dessert. And um, I'm with this chaser. And all of a sudden he just bolts out of the store. And I was, I like, I was looking around for him for a little while. And then uh, I was like, did he like go to the bathroom maybe? Or like, did he just go somewhere else? Did he, was he inspired? Um, and I go out to the, the parking lot and I go and he's like hiding in his car. And I'm like, uh, like, Hey, so what's going on? And he's like, and he's just kind of like cowering. And he's like, I, I saw my dad in the grocery store. Is he hiding in the car because he's on a date with a man and he's closeted or is he in the car because he's on a date with a fat man and he's closeted? I mean, I don't, I think probably both. Can we come up with a term for a double closeted gay chaser? Like there's gotta be, I mean, just, I like, think double closeted, <laughs> double closeted. And, and as you know, as I said last time, a lot of chasers say that coming out as a chubby chaser is like a second coming out. Yeah. And then I've, I mean, I've never had anything happen at the grocery store, which I feel like I'm, I'm always surprised when I hear it. Cause I'm very bold with my, with your food, know, choices. With my food choices. <laughs> um, but I, I've heard from you, you have interactions like this all the time in the gym. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and to the point, I mean, I, I talk about it in my, the article I wrote for the New York times, which mm -hmm. we'll share. Um, but just so many people coming up to me and needing feel, feeling the need to congratulate me on my choice to be there and how I'm doing the right thing, or I'm an inspiration to them because they see me at the gym every time they're there, <laughs> which like if I'm at the gym and they see me every time, it's like, okay, but that means you're here every time I'm here. And like, I don't give boo about right. See, yeah, but the supposition the is that you're fat and you're never at the gym. So wow. Yeah. And that like, I, I'm doing the right thing. Um, way to subvert expectations yeah. <laughs> uh and it's it's once again one of those things like how much effort do i want to put in here do i want to make this a teaching moment do i want to turn it around on them uh and normally i'm just like thumbs yep up. and like thumbs up and like we're like i got my headphones in but like wave i used to get that a lot at the gym but there was there was one time <clears throat> i got a compliment from somebody that was like this is like the best compliment i can get right now I, it just felt so good uh part of my routine was uh Living here in Los Angeles, there are these trails in Griffith Park that many of us take. And there was a trail that went up from uh, Western up to Griffith Observatory. And I took that trail every morning for like three months. That was my that was my thing. I'm going to do this. And Mother God, I hated that trail like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> why did you do it? But it was to prove something to myself at the time, right? All right. So I, uh, I got to the top. I got to the top. I got to the top. And then like week two... Um, this this guy, I guess he's a janitor there, is sweeping up the outside. He looks at me as I come up. And he's like, "Dude, getting pretty good time now." Because <laughs> <laughs> you can see down the trail, you can see mm -hmm. people are coming up. I'm like, "Thank you." Like, yeah, that's kind of awesome. That is that is a compliment that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 
the the people at the gym they are they are rarely going to compliment you in a way that's well what's the of... difference though because you could have interpreted that the same way i'm not sure trevor would have appreciated the time i mean I, my take on the difference is it's not about you being fat it's just oh that's a good time yeah like right. it would it's be an like achievement a, yeah so it's, like a per- someone... it's performance oriented apart from your body yes whereas mm-hmm. it is always very clearly about my body mm-hmm. when right. someone makes a comment because you're like because because you're existing in the gym and therefore that's good like yeah you get, like, and thumbs up i think there is something like trevor was saying earlier about you know and dan you too about to me about picking you know context and the right moment to say something like there is also something to be said for tone like sometimes people can say the exact same thing with a different tone in a different context and it means totally opposite moment so like in this case don it sounded like he said something that was just casual off the cuff like wow that was a much better like that was a great time yeah like and it, there was nothing more to it. Whereas he, if he had come up to you and put his hand on your shoulder and said, "You're really making so much progress," good or for like you. keep it up, keep like, it up, then that suddenly it's different, right? Or mm-hmm. like, I mean, I get a lot of comments about how flexible I am, mm-hmm. which like I don't mind that. I like that because it's like, yep, mm-hmm. and I stick my toe in my ear and hobble <laughs> away. <laughs> um, so as the holidays are pretty much wrapping up um and a lot of people are going to be making their their new year's resolutions about going to the gym more or at all um maybe, the, maybe by the time they're listening to this it's they've already it's too late or... <laughs> they've already given up um are there any pieces of advice that we can give to somebody who's thinking about wanting to go to the gym for whatever reason um that might help them in that journey i have one for chasers yeah never pick up a fat person at the gym yeah yeah (laughs) this will never go well for one of two reasons either because they're well number one they're not there to get picked up Mm. that's probably not it they're probably there to work out this is especially true if you're you know a male chubby chaser you're talking about women that's not why they're at the gym they are not there to you know be on display for you and the second thing is that you know it's not if if you're attracted to them And one of the things you like about them is how fat they are. The gym is not the right context for that conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Like you probably wouldn't pick somebody up at a funeral. (sighs) Or (laughs) (laughs) what about uh, Trevor and Don is, are there any things that you've discovered over the years that have really helped you um, focus on what your goals are for the gym? I mean, for me, so one thing that I find like is a huge help um is a good playlist Mm. uh just because for me if i'm working out i need to kind of be able to turn off my brain to a certain extent um and a good playlist can help with that and then another thing is just the real like it was a realization of like oh like the ride never ends like Mm. it's not really a there's i feel like it's just about consistency and just keeping to it as opposed to like i am gonna have like goal i think goals are good but i think just doing it because it feels good and it helps your body and you you need to drive a car every so often so that it doesn't i don't actually know anything about cars so i don't know why that's true you can't let it um atrophy i i have a tip i have a tip as somebody who i i am not dan i do have never really worked out much and it's been incredibly hard for me to actually establish a routine for myself as far as regards exercise, the gym, whatever. Um, 
I've spent the last 10 years trying to figure that one out. And I hadn't, I didn't really crack it until this year. And for me, it was, is there something that I can do that gets me the kind of exercise that I'm looking for that I enjoy? Is that possible? First of all, that's the first question for me. The answer was, yeah, there's soccer. I played soccer for 14 years when I was growing up and I, I, I stopped for whatever reason. Um, and when I picked that back up again, that was, that was enough to keep me coming back where, you know, running on a treadmill, jogging around the neighborhood, I could do it. I don't know, maybe, uh, for, for a couple of weeks. And then that was it. And especially yeah. like Trevor said, if I had, a, if I was setting a goal for myself, well, guess what? As soon as you hit that goal, you stop. I did. Cause it would, I never really wanted to keep doing it in the first well, place. You know, there are no points in heaven for going to the gym. No. Yeah. Sure. And I will tell you, you know, after ha having gone to the gym for, I don't know, decades, nobody goes to the gym for their health. You could do a lot of things for your health. You could drink a glass of water a day for your health. You could play soccer for your health. You could walk around the mall for your health. You go to the gym to look good. Hmm. And I think there's also virtue points for going to the gym. Like, oh, I go to the gym. Right. You know, I'm, I'm because in Hollywood to not go to the gym, there's just sort of this, like, what do you mean you don't go to the gym? Oh God. I've gotten that thin. so many times. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten that so many because everyone always says like, oh, do you work out? And my answer is no. And they're like, what, 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 what? Yeah. I mean, I could lie and say <laughs> yes, <freak>. but. <laughs> well, and, and then there's the whole thing of the, what's called the good fatty. Like, yeah. well, you're fat, but you do go to the gym, right? Cause, cause that, that would somehow at least make you less abominable somehow somehow mm -hmm. well because you're trying at least you're trying for christ's sake you know when i i think what michael said is important because so my whole i don't I, I hate saying it this way but it's really kind of the best way to describe it. my journey <laughs> uh i mean i started going to the gym because i once again i talked about this in my new york times article dan and i went to the u.s sumo tournament and i finally saw something like that i wanted to do and participate in and i'm like i want to try sumo there was a sumo club in la i went and then i realized like oh i actually have to like work out if i want to do this so i don't die <laughs> <laughs> after going from like the activity level of a newly awoken coma patient <laughs> to slamming my body into someone else for you know two hours nonstop. Mm -hmm. um and then i stopped doing sumo but i was like oh moving my body feels good and i need to find something that i like and i i did pilates briefly as a child and i was like i really enjoyed that and i'm flexible and i like i was having some back pain i'm like oh this will help me with my back and i like doing it mm -hmm. and now i do pilates twice a week and then in doing pilates i'm like oh i'm seeing some imbalance in my body so i want to work out with the trainer so i can continue to do more in pilates and now that's just i mean it's just part of my life now and i love it and what i really love about all that is it's completely positive yeah it's not in it's not in order to avoid something bad exactly it's all positive and it's all generated by trevor yes it's not generated by well you should because somebody told you to i was just going to say the exact same thing it's and because there, there are hundreds of different ways to get what somebody might call exercise absolutely there you can lift weights you can go for a walk like and and to me, the most important thing is finding, figuring out, A, is there something that you, like Trevor was saying, like, is there something you want? Like, what do you want out of this? Like, would you like to just feel like you're using your body more, like getting a little bit of movement into your life? If the answer is yes, 
then try experimenting. What are some things that you could do that one of them you might enjoy that you might genuinely enjoy doing? And towards that end, my my tip is pay attention to your body and don't overextend because of your beginning of the year enthusiasm. Yeah. So my thing is always like, no, I, I'm, I, I, I used to be able to do like 45 minutes on an elliptical machine. So when I start, I expect to be able to do 45 minutes on the elliptical eh, machine. I don't even do that. And <laughs> then I am dead. I am dead and I don't want to do it the next day. I don't want to do it the next week. This is a mistake. So pay attention to your body and accept um, levels of fitness and slowly ramp up. You know what? If cleaning your house gets your heart rate up the first few to the first few days, clean your house the first few days. And then when that's less of an effort, go for a walk for 10 minutes twice a day. You know, it's it's a matter of ramping up slowly and don't think about what you should be doing. Think about what you can do safely and sustainably. And it is a green, a green fitness uh, workout. Yeah, and, and what do you want to do? What yeah, is, that's yeah. that's what I come back to. Like, yeah. whatever it is, if you are doing it out of obligation of any sort, you will fail. I'm sorry. I've run into that, like I said, for 10 years. Yep. It, if it try and find something that will give you back more than just quote unquote fitness. Yeah. My, and, my ideal workout plan would be kayaking to and from a laser tag arena. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Well, yeah, awesome. I, I do a seminar on, you know, I don't want to, I don't call it diet and exercise cause it's not, I call it food and movement. And what it's really about is people's relationship to food. Cause I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell anybody what to eat. And people's relationship to movement, which they think is exercise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people come to me in the seminar and they say, like, okay, you're going to tell me how to like exercise, right? I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you how to find something to do that you like doing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And that completely throws them for a loop. And I had one person in particular. He was, uh, he was a gentleman. Uh, he had a lot of physical problems. And, like, he, he doesn't live near, like, uh, Swimming would have been ideal for him because it's completely zero impact. But, you know, he lives out, you know, in the country. He doesn't live near a pool. Mm. He's not going to go mall walking. But what he did like to do, because I just kept asking, like, what do you love? What do you like to do? And he says, I like to paint. Like, do you? And he lives out in the country, right? And I said, I bet it would be actually a lot of exercise if you took uh, your paints and an easel and you walked out in the woods and you painted something. Mm Mm-hmm. And he started to change his mind because now it wasn't exercise. Now it was painting. It was. Yeah, exactly. That's me. Like I hate running. I don't have a good physique for running the way that an athlete might, but I love playing soccer Mm -hmm. and suddenly it's not about running. It's not about jogging. It's not about looking at your watch and seeing if you've done 45 or 50 minutes. It's about, I love playing soccer and the whole mindset changes. Yeah. And I will say that your soccer has paid off because when you're doing your little soccer stretches on the floor, <laughs> I'm seeing the that paint off in your glutes. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the <laughs> nice little peach emoji back there. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, I think that's our show for this week. A little longer, a little wider this time, but I think we're all okay with that. Trevor, do you want to hit us up with the uh, the social media uh, spiel? Yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Big Fat Gay Pod. Uh, we also have bigfatgaypod.com mm-hmm. and um, anything that we've referenced in the show that you might want to look up or check us on like trevor's article for this one uh, yeah. we'll have listed there for you to find so this this is we're recording this before the holidays but people will be listening after mm-hmm. so does everyone want to say what their favorite christmas present they got is <laughs> from the future 
Oh God. Um, I, I don't know if I'm getting any Christmas presents this year. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I uh, so, so my, Michael got nothing. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> uh, I I got chocolate. I like chocolate. chocolate. Did you? Wait, Chocolate's good. Did you try the? No, I wasn't feeling it last night. Uh, I'm saving them. Rat bastard. I, I got a bunch of chocolates that um that were I so I was given chocolates and I thought they were absolutely amazing and so I got chocolates as gifts for my friends. Oh, they and were one of them yeah. hasn't tried them yet. I, it was home for like an hour. Okay, Don, I need you to project into the future. What was your favorite Christmas present? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was definitely that chocolate that Michael gave me. It was amazing. Yay! It was so good. Oh my god. <laughs> Dan, what was your favorite Christmas you present? You love things, right? <laughs> no, it was that pony you gave me, Trevor. Love yes. the pony. <laughs> Trevor suddenly starts sweating. Oh he's, shit! Yeah. He's so, he is so cute, and you know, you're right. He doesn't spit nearly as I'm far on, as I thought he I'm would. I'm on my phone, like <laughs> ponies for sale, Los Angeles. Mine was a um, a life size statue of me carved from amethyst. <laughs> Crap! I got him over. <laughs> you got him the diamond one, didn't you? I got Dan? him the diamond. You overachiever. <laughs> People only make butter statues out of me. What's up with that? <laughs> Look, well, you get what you ask for. <laughs> well, I think that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna have these coming at you once a week. Uh, we might even do a little mini episode now and then. Um, like Trevor said, if you want to follow us at Big Fat Gay Pod, that's where we're gonna be living at, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Okay. And if you're in the car, there's someone behind you. Look out!